You may be familiar with that proverb that says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But what does that wisdom look like? I mean, what does wisdom practically look like? Well, welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. This podcast is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And in this session, we're going to see a practical example of wisdom in the life of a woman named Abigail. Hey, Lynn, this is Chris. Thanks for uh, introducing this. So we every quarter, we have a special focus session. Sometimes it's tied to a seasonal thing, but sometimes it's just random. And we've made the decision to uh, focus on some unknown or not so well-known uh, scripture stories that don't wouldn't necessarily fit into a six-week study. And this is a, a remarkable story, the story of, of Abigail. So I'm excited that we're doing this. Uh, our focus is uh, we want to encourage people to follow her example and her wisdom of stepping in to keep a bad situation from getting worse. So I think there's a lot of practical application here. I think we all have... A, situations and circumstances in our lives where we sense that there may be a train wreck <laughs> and is there something I can do to keep this from happening and this is just a great story there's a lot of great application and so uh, I'm looking forward to having this conversation yes now men let me just talk to the men for a moment ladies y'all just talk among yourselves for a moment men <laughs> this is a study on Abigail but there is this is not a women's Bible study. Abigail has so much to teach us, regardless of our gender. So I think you're, I think we will all gain something from that. Joining Chris and I for this podcast is Nikki Wilbanks, who wrote this special focus session on on Abigail. Nikki, thanks for taking the time to do this podcast with Chris and I. Thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Nikki has uh, written off and on for us uh, for Bible Studies for Life over the last several years. She helps us has helped us develop questions. If you use Extra, the online resource, you are familiar with Nikki's writing. Uh, and she wrote this study for us. Uh, she lives here in the same town that I live in, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, where she is a, a, a writer and a mother. So Nikki, just uh, again, thank you for your gift of writing and sharing it with all of us. Love to do it. Love it. Well, I want to uh, thank you, Nikki, for writing this. And I, I, before we get started, and we didn't talk about this in our pre-show, but uh, Lynn, I think, had a great deal of wisdom in saying, "Let's let's get a female to write this," for, so we have that perspective. What was that like for you to to write this study and to tell this story uh, of this significant person uh, in David's story? I really liked looking at this and seeing how Abigail was a very, um, she was a strong woman and she made a huge difference in David's life, as we'll see, you know, um, and just seeing how God was able to work through her, um, using her as a woman um, to speak to David and uh, to stop him from doing something stupid, honestly, <laughs> you know? And so um, I think just working through it, I really like to think about ways that we can encourage each other to act wisely, to speak up when we need to speak up, but also to keep silent when we need to keep silent. So, yeah. That's a good point, Nikki. 
there's a little bit of that tension I want us to look at a little a little later on as, as we're going along about when do I speak up and when should I keep my mouth shut? Uh, we're going to be in 1 Samuel 25 for this study. Uh, we're going to pick up in verse 14. It's going to look like we're picking up in the middle of the story. And it looks that way because we are. So, Chris, why don't you bring us up to speed to what's going to happen, what's about to happen? 1 Samuel tells us the story of David. And we're introduced to David in uh, 1 Samuel 16, where Saul comes along. Uh, Saul is the first king of, of Israel and has some issues, has some problems, uh, is not always obedient to God, kind of has his own way of doing things. He's reprimanded. And finally, uh, God comes to the place where he says um, to the prophet Samuel, listen, this is not working. This is not the guy. Uh, I'm going to anoint someone else. And Samuel actually grieves uh, this this whole time, um, but uh, he he's obedient. He he goes and finds David as led by God and anoints him as king. We have after that, uh, David is introduced into Saul's court uh, as a uh, he he plays music when. Uh, Saul is having a bad day. Let's say it that way. How's that? And um, then uh, David is, we hear this, we have the story of David and Goliath. And soon after that, uh, the King Saul becomes jealous of, of David and his success and uh, begins to strike out at him and look for ways to, to, to take him out. And so in the midst of that story, we have the story of David's relationship with Jonathan and the covenant they had together. And um, it's, a, it's so there all these great stories are going on at uh, at one point, uh, Jonathan says to David, you need to be on the run. You can, we can't trust uh, uh, my dad being around you. And he helps him to get away. And so David is essentially on the run. And that's where we pick up uh, with the story. David has a group of men kind of hidden out in the country, and they um, are watching over an area where a very rich man has been uh, has sheep, uh, over three thousand sheep and a thousand goats, probably three tons of wool, according to what Nikki said in our study. Uh, they're shearing the sheep. It's a festival time. And David uh, sends men down and says, hey, uh, we've been we've been watching over you guys, not letting anything bad happen to you or to your sheep or to your people. How about sharing some of the proceeds, sharing some of the love? Give us some food for uh, what we've done. And uh, Nabal, a very rich man says, who are you? <laughs> We're not giving you anything. You're just a sorry person. Go away. And that's his response to David's men. When the men go back to David and say, well, he wasn't too receptive to us um, getting any food from you. David uh, says to his men, uh, put on your your armor and your swords. We're going to take this guy out and all of, all of his people. And that's where we pick up the story. That's right. And uh, we're going to see where one of Nabal's servants goes to Abigail. And I think, Chris, as you recounted that that background, it's interesting. I, I imagine all these servants were like, well, sure, let's share with David. Because it, it was obvious to them that 
David has been this wall of protection around them. So when Nabal makes this uh, foolish comment that's about to get his head whacked off, this is where the servant steps in. This is verse 14. One of Nabal's young men informed Abigail, Nabal's wife, look, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, but he screamed at them. The men treated us very well. We were in the field, we weren't harassed, and nothing of ours was missing the whole time we were living among them. They were a wall around us, both day and night, the entire time we were with them herding the sheep. Now, consider carefully what you should do, because there is certain to be trouble for our master and his entire family. He is such a worthless fool, nobody can talk to him. Those are pretty brave words coming to a uh, coming to a, a guy talking to Nabal's wife. <laughs> He's such a fool; nobody can talk to him. So, in in chapter twenty five, verse three, we're introduced to Abigail. We're told that she it was intelligent and beautiful, but she was married to a man who was harsh and evil in his dealings. So, but again, that's a back to the setup. Um, so, want us to talk a little bit about conversation that uh abigail has with this servant that lynn just read to us i'm going to pass it on to you nikki yeah thanks um well when i was reading through this and kind of and studying it i loved the fact that this servant knew to go to abigail so right there to me that that told me something about abigail and you know how is it that she what what was it about her that made him think okay the next best thing to do is to go talk to abigail not to go and rally up the men not to go and you know beg nabel to change his mind not to run and see if i can you know jump ship and join up with david <laughs> you know but she thought he thought that abigail was the right person to go to and so i think that um what 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 we see here with her is um a few different things one, she wasn't a meddler. So um, we don't see any sign that she was around, you know, just like trying to find out what was going on all the time, you know, peeking around the corner, listening to, you know, the conversation. She was off working or, you know, probably taking care of the household. Um, but at the same time, she was available, which is something that I personally find difficult sometimes. You know, it's like, I got a lot of things going on, <laughs> you know? And so, um, you know, it's like when the phone rings, usually it's a text message, um, you know, but it's like if a friend is texting me and it's like, oh man, you know, do I really have time to get into this right now? You know, um, actually for me, if the phone actually rings, then I know I probably really need to like, take the time <laughs> to get into this because none of my friends call. Um, they just text, and you know, so that, then you know it's important. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, like she had availability. And so setting aside and building into our schedules that time to be available for other people so that when they need counsel, you are there. So that was one thing. Um, finding that balance between not being all up in everybody else's business all the time, but also being available. Nikki, let's chase that for just a moment. Because that's where some, as I think about her example here and how I carry this out in my life, there's a tension there between 
when is it okay to step into someone else's business? Um, and when should I keep my mouth shut? Uh, and I'm not sure there's an easy answer to that, but Chris, Nikki, one of y'all, how do you, how do you, how do you handle that tension? Step back and think about it for a minute. Um, it is rare that uh, something needs to be said immediately. <laughs> Honestly, you know, I mean, there, there's a situation where you jump in, you know, you pull the kid who's, you know, running out in the road. Okay. You know, but it's rare that you have to make an immediate decision, even if you feel like you do. But um, one thing that I kind of talked about in the study was that Abigail was probably like this from a lot of her life. I don't think this is just one scenario where all of a sudden she made a good decision and she acted wisely. Character and following Christ is something that we work at and something that we strive for and something that um, we spend our lives trying to do, you know? And so I think that part of the way that we resolve that tension is um, life, I guess is what I would say. Just it's something that sometimes you're going to make a mistake and you're going to speak up when you didn't think you should, when it turns out you shouldn't have, or you're going to keep quiet and you're going to wish you had said something, but it's about an ongoing process of learning as we grow um, and becoming wiser. Well, and, and Nikki, you said it well earlier uh, in the sense that there was something about Abigail's character that this servant knew he could go to her. Uh, so there is that sense of, she probably has had this practice of, knowing when to step in and when not to. Uh, let me remind us, too, the point of our whole study is that we are to, it's a call for us to step in to keep a bad situation from getting worse, which is certainly what Abigail is doing here. It's already a bad situation, and she's trying to keep it from getting worse. And so I pondered that in terms of this tension. A lot of times we step in and we make things worse. Is my desire to redeem the situation or is my desire to go in and just tell them, you're really being an idiot right now? Uh, and I think there's the tension. What is my goal in doing this? And I know a lot of people mean well, but they mess things up. But the idea is that I want to make a situation better, not worse. So I think this comes into play in our lives um, and I'll a lot of circumstances, um, when it's family, when it's friends, uh, when it's people we go to church with. Um, so I, th I think these are good conversations to have. When, when do I say something? When do I not? How do I know? And so uh, I think it's good for us probably at this point to take the next step and see exactly how uh, Abigail responded. We've talked a little bit about the tension between this knowing when to speak up and when not to, because granted, there's a lot of us, we tend to want to step in when we probably shouldn't. But I want to look at this from another side just for a moment. And that is sometimes we don't speak up when we should. One of the questions that's in our material, one of the discussion questions, I think worth your group talking about is this idea, what obstacles keep us from getting involved in other people's problems? Because I think as Christians, we often, well, it's not my business. Who am I to judge? Yet, as believers, certainly in the context of the church, we are a family, we're a community, and we're to watch out for each other. So just add that to the conversation as you think about the tension between speaking up and keeping my mouth shut. So 
so at this point of the story, um, this servant has come to Abigail and and uh, said, you know, this is what's going on. We needed to come to you because we couldn't go to your husband uh, about this. And I want you to see uh, Abigail's response. Um, she immediately, she hurried and took hundreds of loaves of bread and uh, she took clay jars of wine. She butchered sheep. She uh, prepared a feast, essentially loaded them on donkeys and started the process of taking them. We're going to find to David. Go ahead of me, she says. And she didn't tell her husband, Nabal, what she was doing. And then she followed her men um, and went to intercept or to to where David was heading. Right. So as we come to verse 23, I want to read this section here. But as I read, I want you to listen for Abigail, the words, the phrases she used that expresses grace and humility. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off the donkey and knelt down with her face to the ground and paid homage to David. She knelt at his feet and said, The guilt is mine, my lord, but please let your servant speak to you directly. Listen to the words of your servant. My lord should pay no attention to this worthless fool Nabal, for he lives up to his name. His name means stupid, and stupidity is all he knows." I, your servant, didn't see my Lord's young men when you, whom you sent. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, it is the Lord who kept you from participating in bloodshed and avenging yourself by your own hand. And may your enemies and those who intend to harm my Lord be like Nabal. So let this gift your servant has brought to my Lord be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please forgive your servant's offenses, for the Lord is certain to make a lasting dynasty for my Lord, because he fights the Lord's battles. Throughout your life, may evil not be found in you. So in this passage, we see um, Abigail act, react, take initiative uh, to go to David. And um, uh, let's talk a little bit about some things that we see in her uh, and we've referred to her character and her actions. So let's talk a little bit about that now. Well, yeah, because Nikki, you pointed this out in the personal study guide material you wrote, uh, you, you some statements where you described what she was like. Uh, would you address those just for a moment? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, so here we see, you know, like you said, the, there's that tension of, do you speak up or do you not? When do you step in? Okay you've decided you have to step in, right? That's where we're at here is Abigail needed to step in. So she did. Um, and so, yeah, the, well, the Bible tells us there's words that the Bible uses to describe her, which are, um, they say that she's humble, that she's eloquent, that she's generous. And then the, and then we see that she's decisive. Um, but what we see is that she comes, she's coming to kind of tell David that he's also being a fool. Really, David's being foolish, right? So she's coming to tell David, you're a fool, but that's not what she says. So, um, you know, and I think that, um, you know, one of the things that I saw was that she is being honest and she's speaking the truth, right? So she is telling David the truth about what Nabal's, her husband is like, like that's how he is. So she's being truthful about that. Um, but more importantly, 
she's really turning the focus to God. And so I feel like that uh, she comes in humility. And so, I mean, even as you were saying, pay attention to these words as you're reading it, you know, um, I love writing on things while I'm listening. And so, you know, how many times, so I was underlining and circling that she kept on referring to herself as servant, you know, your servant, your servant, and referring to him as my Lord. Um, and, uh, but she meant these things. I mean, she really had come with a gift and she really was being humble. This was not a false humility, I don't think. Um, so I feel like we see that she was humble and she was respectful. Um, another thing that kind of ties back to what I was saying about if my phone rings, I need to actually answer it. Um, she actually went to talk to David, right? She didn't just send a messenger to give this message that maybe got a little lost in translation and then to hear back what David said from the, you know, nope, she went to talk to him. And I think that um, it's easy nowadays to um, text people, which is fine. I love texting respond with like smiley heart eyes, you know, <laughs> or like, <laughs> is that a grouchy face? Because you don't like what I said. I'm not sure. And sometimes you just need to pick up the phone or you need to go in person. And again, it's about making space in your life to have the time to really have interactions with people in your life. So I think that that's something, obviously David wasn't someone that she already had a relationship with, but he was, coming into her life, you know, I mean, he was threatening her family. So she made time to go and talk to him. The, the issue of miscommunication is a big deal. Uh, recently in the state of Tennessee, we, we've had a politician who responded with emojis to things that were very inappropriate. <laughs> so that can happen where people say and do things and they think they're doing the right thing, but they're not. But we see Abigail taking the initiative. She, so her words are sort of like, uh, listen, this is on me. This is my fault. You know, if your guys had come to me first, I would have taken care of this. Uh, I'm sorry that I missed this. Let me let me take care of things. Don't let's don't let this thing escalate is kind of is what she's getting at uh, with her message. But and I appreciate the fact that you said, uh, Nikki, that uh, she she made the conversation about something bigger. Let's, let's talk about the Lord's place in all of this. You you are anointed of God and you're going to be a great leader. Let's don't let something happen here that would uh, have a negative impact on your reputation. And and just brilliant in her approach uh, to this potential conflict. And Chris, in the New Testament, Paul certainly encourages talking about speaking the truth in love. And as I read Abigail's words here, she certainly is speaking the truth. And I like how you brought that out. She's kind of reprimanding David in this too, but it's a very gracious way she speaks the truth. And that, boy, there's a good message for us today in our culture, especially with the way we respond on social media. Uh, and Nikki, I think what your description of Abigail, what caught my attention was that fact you said she went in person. Of course, she didn't have the advantage of uh, social media uh, uh, to uh, email to to send a all caps response to him. But people are brave on social media that they aren't in person. I think pe we and I'm talking about Christians, too. We say things we shouldn't say. We may be speaking the truth, but love is absent in the midst of that. 
And when you go, when I go and I talk to someone in person, I'm much more cognizant of the words I use and certainly more the inflection, facial expressions, all that comes into play. So I want to ensure that I am speaking the truth and I'm speaking it in love. So as we as we have heard Abigail's words, it's uh, fitting now that we come now to David's response. This I'm let me, I'm just going to skip down to verse 32. David said to Abigail, "Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who sent you to me today. May your discernment be blessed, and may you be blessed." Today you kept me from participating in bloodshed and avenging myself by my own hand. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord God of Israel lives, who, who prevented me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, Nabal would have had, wouldn't have had any males left by morning light. So then David accepted what she brought him and said, Go home in peace. See, I have heard what you said and have granted your request. Nikki, you pointed this out in what Abigail, her response to David, when she first addressed him, how she brought it to God, to, to, to that bigger picture. And David does that too here, that his focus is on, well, blessed be God who sends you into my life. I think that's a that's so fitting. I love how that David recognized that Abigail had response, that it was thanks to Abigail, but also that it was thanks to God. I just, and I feel like that is something that is just amazing is that God could have just told David, don't do it, right? God could have just stayed David's hand himself without anyone intervening, he could have. Um, but God chose to use Abigail to intervene in David's life. And it's just amazing to me that God, when he created us, he wants us to be part of what he's doing in the world. You know, I mean, he wanted Adam to name the animals and to oversee things. It's like he he could have like, well, it's just amazing. <laughs> I just think it's beautiful. And I feel like it's this great opportunity to step in and work with God in other people's lives, you know, and um that oftentimes we either think it's all about us or we think it's all about God. I guess it's another one of those tensions, you know, of figuring out, is God going to take care of it or do I need to take care of it? But the truth is God's giving you the opportunity to join him in taking care of it. And that's just awesome. It really is. Uh, I was, uh, um, I, so I, took, I took some time before we started this conversation to look through First uh, Samuel 16 through the end of of the book, and it's really fascinating. There are some times where David um, did things that didn't work out so good when he just reacted and responded uh, in a in in a moment. And there are multiple examples of things where he acted crazy, where he and but then there are other times where he stops and he goes. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? How can we figure out what God's will is here? And and David is that example in our lives that um, here here is this man known as a man after God's own heart, who sometimes responded like he did 
and said, we're going to go kill Nabal and all of his people and has to have someone intervene. And then there's these, these other times in his life where he's noble and responsive and seeking the Lord first. And I think there's some lessons for us to learn in all of this as well that we can learn from David's example to be that best self who's, who looks to God first. Um, or when someone calls us out, <laughs> we say, okay, maybe God, maybe God's in this. Thank you for saying something. Uh, I think that's important for us to think about when we think about David's life and, and this story. Nikki, as we wrap this up, um, I want to talk about some statement that you've, you made at the very end of this, but before we do, Chris, Tell us the rest of the story. All right. So here's the rest of the story. Uh, when Abigail went to Nabal, she hadn't said anything to him at this up to this point. But at the house, the, there was a feast going on. Uh, Nabal and his people are eating and drinking and being merry. Nabal's heart is cheerful, and he's very drunk. So she didn't say anything until to him until the next morning. So after he sobered up, so he's probably got a hangover. Uh, uh, she came to him and she told him what had transpired. And the scriptures tells us his heart died and he became a stone. Uh, 10 days later, the Lord struck Nabal dead. So uh, th there's a sense of, of God's judgment um, on Nabal in the story. Um, and then um, there's a time of mourning for her. Uh, David hears about this and very wisely sends for um, Abigail and says, you need to come and be my wife. And that's what happens. Now, this is a wonderful story. I, I love reading this story. Every time I'm reading through scripture, I love this account. And as you're in your Bible study group, I think you'll have an enjoyable, uh, a rich conversation around this. But be sure to leave some time to talk about, okay, so what do we do with this? Well, you've seen that our point of this study is that we are to step in to keep a bad situation from getting worse. But leave some time at the end of your Bible study time together and talk about what do we do. There is a last page of your Bible study is a section called Live It Out. And Nikki, uh, you wrote th uh, you wrote some excellent statements there. Would you just kind of in a nutshell tell us uh, what your practical suggestions on what we can do with this study? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I would say that they're all going to turn you back to God. That's That's really where even in the practical, the practical really is it's rooted in God. Um, and so the first thing I would say is um, if you see something going on and you're wondering, is it time to step in? Um, how do I step in? What do I need to do? If you have time, what you should do, I suggest is pray. So, um, and I, and I really mean that. I mean, just really, if you pray and ask for discernment, God is gracious and he is willing to give you wisdom to make the right decision. Um, and I actually reference in here Philippians chapter one, verses nine through 11, which is one of the places where Paul in his writing says, this is the things that I've been, been praying for you. And um, I just love this so much. Um, I love to pray this specifically for my children um, for other people in my life as they're trying to make decisions, um, you can actually use it where you just, you just pray the scripture. You just pray that specifically for somebody, or you can use it kind of as a guide, um, to think about what are some things that Paul was praying for people and how can that 
help me pray for them. So Paul says, and I pray this, that your love will keep growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you may approve the things that are superior and be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Um, so there's so much good stuff there that you can use and that you can think about. Um, another thing that we saw from David was that his response was to praise God. So he was making mistakes. Um, and when that was brought to his attention, he praised God. And um, so another suggestion that I made was to actually, um, you can do it in paper, you can do it on your phone, whatever's kind of your preferred method. Um, make a list of ways that you're praying for others. One thing I would say is that when people say, ask for prayer, um, write it down just so that you can remember, you know, because <laughs> it's easy to say that you mean it and then forget. Um, or maybe they're not asking, but you're seeing something that's going on. And uh, keep this list where you can see it, where you can kind of go back over it, pray over it throughout the week. And then um, at the end of the week, check back in with those people. Let them know that you've been praying for them. See how they're doing. Um, it can be this amazing situation where you find out how God has has been answering those prayers and they see also in their life that what's happening is an answer to prayer and that it's God at work. And so you're both seeing God working. And then what you do is you praise him. So uh, it's just a really good way. And then of course, it can also be a list that you move on over to the next week. Okay, here's some more things we need to keep on praying about. Um, and then the other thing is just to be willing to step in. Um, so if that opportunity arises, you may not want to, honestly, you know, um, you may not want to step in and deal with the situation. You may think it's not my problem. I don't have time for this. Um, but with our friends and family and people who are other believers, um, we are all a family together and it is our responsibility to look out for each other and to encourage each other and to guide each other. And um, so just being willing to do that and uh, keeping in mind what Lynn said, which is uh, speaking the truth with love. So I like how you'd said this in the material here, Nikki, ensure that any words you offer are grounded in God's word and are spoken with love and grace. Well said. All right. So thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope it's been beneficial to you and I hope you have a great conversation this week um, about um Abigail and the Bible study that we have. Nikki, thank you for being a part of our podcast today. And uh, we just look forward to seeing what God has in store for us as we uh, look at God's word together this week. I, I agree, Chris. Thank you, uh, Nikki, for being a part of this Bible study and our, our conversation today. We do hope all of y'all have a great Bible study as you jump into this this week. But let me remind you, too, that next week in Bible Studies for Life, we're starting a new quarter. It's going to be the fall, and we're going to be spending six weeks looking at the life and the prayers of Daniel as we look at what it means for us to stay true in a world that's far from God. We'll see you next week.